Hello, this is Reverend Erehehme. I'm glad to come to you through this medium. As you listen to the word of God today, I pray that you will be impacted, your life will be transformed, and you experience God. Kingdom blessings. For some word. Are you really sure? I want to say thank you also. Maybe he might be watching or not, but uh, Bishop Ademens, I was such a blessing, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get to watch, I didn't get to watch because I had, you know, pl- uh, flight delays and I was all over the place, so I really couldn't watch any of it. Since I've been back, I couldn't go to sleep till seven this morning, all night. Yeah, I don't know whether, you know, wh- whatever, you know, but this jet lag really got me. So if I start speaking nonsense, just know that um, I haven't slept well. Is that okay? So you forgive me. But uh, we- we- we'll learn some few things. But Bishop Ademensa is such a tremendous man of God that I totally appreciate we went to the same Bible school, we were in Bible school together. I think it was one year ahead of me or something. And came back later with gospel light. Amazing, amazing, amazing man. And Bishop, we really thank God for your life. He's been very consistent in what God has given to him. Very, very, very consistent. And I bless God for his life. Uh, it's, these are very big shoes for us to, to walk in. But uh, we, we, bless, we bless God, we bless God. This is 13 years, 13 years of God's goodness. Open Heaven's Temple. Now, one of the things that you and I should understand is that we should, we should never take these things for granted. Never take these things for granted. Never, never, never take these things for granted. Because I, 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 st- I sit at a very advantageous point. And I tell people that where you sit always determines what you see. And what you see will determine your reaction. And I've had the humble privilege of traveling the world. I've been to multiple countries, maybe, almost every continent in this world. I've had the opportunity to be there, and I've seen churches, I've seen ministries. They come, they go, they do this. But not too many churches and ministries hit 13 and are like OHE. I said, no. Oh, man, you don't get me. Not many churches and ministries. I, I kid you not. If I were you, I would bless the Lord because, listen, you may never understand what I'm saying until you've been there. Sometimes some of you need to come and stand here and look at how your faces look like. No, I mean, don't preach. Let people just stare at you like you are staring at me. Then you understand. So this man has given leadership for 13 years over this thing. It's such a blessing. It's such an, a, an amazing achievement. And we have every reason to thank the Lord. I don't know about you, but my heart is full of gratitude for Open Heaven's Temple. My heart is full of gratitude for what the Lord has done. I want to publicly say, Lord, I thank you for Reverend Eric Hemeku. I want to thank you for Open Heaven's Temple. I want to thank you for everything. Thank you for those who came. Thank you for those who left. Can somebody just take just 60 seconds and thank God for Open Heaven's? The blessings that this church has been to you. The blessing that this house has been to this community. No, I didn't say keep quiet. Lift up your voice and thank God for it. You may never understand, ladies and gentlemen, the arrows and the javelins and all the things that were thrown. But tonight, I stand with you if you are willing. And I say with the psalmist that if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, if it has not been for the Lord who was on open heaven's side, the enemy would have swallowed us. But blessed be the name of the Lord who has not given us as prayer to their teeth. For by 
my soul has escaped as a bread out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we are escaped and our help is in the name of the Lord. Maybe you have never been prayed for before, but I'm telling you, declarations that have been made in this church have touched your life. Maybe they haven't called you out prophetically, but let me tell you, the burden of God's word that has come out has turned you around. Some of you, I don't know what decisions you could have made in life had it not been for this pulpit that was speaking to you. I don't know where your life would have turned out to be if it had not been for the wisdom that has come out of this pulpit. I don't know what the enemy may have done to you if the prayers have not been lifted up in this house. So you can't stand and say that God has not done anything for you. I don't know about you, but I know that this church has been such a blessing. Not only in this area. 31st night, we saw what happened over there at the Astrotop. We saw the lives that have been touched. We saw the multiple marriages that have been saved. We saw barren women who have had children. We saw broken businesses that were mended. We saw lives that had no hope, that have been given hope. No direction, but I found direction. And so if I were you, for the next five seconds... Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's prophesied 2024, isn't it? Yeah. The, the physician Luke, physician Luke, he wrote two of them, Luke's gospel and Acts. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 1, he says something that the first account, the former account, have I written to you, O most excellent Theophilus, concerning the things that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Did you see that? He began both to do and to teach. But mostly we have taught, then we do. But we can do before we teach. Is that okay? We can do before we teach. So I want to do a letter before we teach. Is that okay? So let's do a letter before we teach. So can, can you hit the keyboard for me just a little bit? Just, just a little bit. Where, where, is, where is Pastor Edna? Come. Because yesterday when I was walking, I saw something about this woman. This is a gift that has been packaged in this house. Stand here for me. I want to prophesy over her, your head and pray for you. Because the Lord began, just as I walked past you yesterday, the Lord showed me something about you. And all afternoon, you were in front of me. Because, man of God, this woman is going to make some crazy waves here in Ghana. That is beyond. The Lord said to me that this woman has been wounded a lot. Has gone through a lot. There are things that she doesn't say. But God says that she has been wounded a lot. And that wounds have festered out of rejection and misunderstanding and misrepresentation and sometimes people have, been, have misunderstood her commission and because of that she gets so close to things and then the enemy kicks it away but the Lord says that I shall prophesy over your head and just declare over you that you are about to enter the best days of your life you are about to enter the best days of your life you are about and, 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 and there's, there's somebody watching us right now from Asuchari. I'll come back to this. You are watching us from Asuchari. I don't know which camera is looking at me, but you are watching us from Asuchari. And you, ha you went there because a man has given you a business to do. And God says for me to tell you that tomorrow morning, leave Asuchari and come back to Accra. Because that thing is a trap. 
That thing is a trap. And wherever you are, make sure that you go on Open Heavens Temple Facebook page and drop a message, DM, and let Pastor Eric know that what I was saying tonight is the truth. Tomorrow, leave as we try other than that, your life will be in danger. That is what the Lord is telling you. But Edna, the Lord is saying that as you prophesy over your head, that from today you are going to turn into a different woman and another woman. For all the pain that you have carried, for all the rejection that you have carried, it is going to be it is going to become a platform for ministry to people. You are going to speak to women who have been broken, women who have been rejected. And it's not just going to be in Ghana, but it's going to be all over Africa. And it's not going to be all over Africa, but I see you getting into some countries in Europe, especially some countries that women are not recognized and respected. God says for me to prophesy over your head and let you know that the time is, you must live the grave clothes, I see that there have been some grave clothes that have been tied around you. And those grave clothes don't fit because that is not the dressing that God put on you. When Lazarus came out of the grave, the Lord said that they should take everything, lose that man. And today I am losing you. Every grave clothes that have been put over you, that does not fit. We are setting you free and we are putting upon you new clothing, new clothing. You are going to be glorified. You are going to be glorified. You are going to be respected. You are going to be turned around. Your voice will reach the nations. Your voice will go to places that ordinarily people will not go. You are going to walk in places that you are going to look at yourself and wonder that how could I go into places like this? But this is going to be the doing of the Lord and it's going to be marvelous in our own eyes. The Lord says for me to tell you that never again look down upon yourself. Don't look at the past because there's no promise in the past. Do not look at your past because there's no promise in your past. Your promise is now. Your promise is now. Your promise is now and the promise is that I am taking you to places. I am lifting your feet from where they have been. All the shackles over you, woman of God, are broken from today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, go forth and shine for your master. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And I'm, I'm praying for somebody today. I want you to step forward for the last three days. You've had this dream and every time you have had that dream, you see yourself in a casket. You see yourself in a casket for the last three days. I want you to step forward because you will not die. Nobody is going to sacrifice you. You have a life that you must enjoy. And nobody, listen, don't, don't be afraid. Just step out. Don't, don't think that somebody is going to look at you. But you are not going to die. You will live. Because you have seen yourself that you are dead and you are going to bury. But you shall, not be, you shall not be buried. You shall not be buried. You shall not be buried. The man has, he carries an anointing to watch over this church. And that anointing will keep you. You shall not die, but you should live. Stand here for me, gentlemen. It is not going to happen. They will not, you will not be taken away. In fact, you will live to bury them. The Lord says, I should tell you, you will live to bury them. I said, you will live. Do you realize, prophet, that Goliath fashioned a sword to take David. It was that same sword that David used to take out Goliath. And the same thing that they have tried to take you out, it is the same thing that will take them out. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of death. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I declare that you shall not die, but you, shall, you will live. You will escape all the traps of the enemy. You will escape all their imagination. Wherever they have sat in counsel against you and determined by dates, by looking into the atmosphere, today we set confusion in their camp. I block their weapons and I return them to sender. I block their weapons, satanic weapons, I return them in the name of the Lord. Satanic predictions about dates and times that they will eliminate you. It shall, not, it shall never happen. You will live, man of God, you will live. You will live. You will live and you will live to bury them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Somebody give the Lord praise in the house. Somebody give the Lord praise in the house. Somebody give the Lord praise in the house. 
I am praying for somebody, it's your, your, your left shoulder, your left shoulder. The Lord is showing me a left shoulder that has been very painful, very weak, that you are not able to function with it very well. God wants to heal you right now. Whoever that person is, I want you to step forward. It's the left shoulder, I'm seeing it. I want you to step forward right now because God wants to heal you instantly. God wants to do something with your life. Just come to me right now. And, and man of God, you know, between now and the time you hit 15 years, the number of buildings that you dedicate for church members eh, is going to be just amazing. I said the buildings that you will dedicate, get, get your people ready because there shall be a lot. Because the Lord said that your people shall build and they shall inhabit their own buildings. They will not build for somebody else to inhabit. Oh, don't, don't stare at me like that. If I were you, I would just take an offering and lock into this prophetic word. I hear people saying that, and Ghana is hard, and Ghana is this. Whoever told you that you are Ghanaian, your citizenship is in heaven. Am I talking to somebody? Don't you know that it was during the time of famine that Isaac prospered beyond every other thing? And tonight, God is setting you free. God Almighty is letting you know that you live within a city, you live in a country within a country. Your citizenship is in heaven. When, when even though your father has didn't buy even one cement block you shall build at a very young age in the name of the Lord Jesus my God my God my God my God I'm going to pray for you because that pain that you are feeling in that your shoulder is not a good thing it's not a good thing because I saw it man of God and there was this shoulder thing and it went on and on and on and in the end, they diagnosed it as something not too good. But this man shall not be paralyzed by anything. Shall not be put down by anything. He's a very good man, a very kind man. You know, one day I was traveling from Kumasi to Kofredia. I had gone to preach there, but I had to come, so I, we had to drive. And prophet, I was seated at the back of the car with my wife and Somewhere, somewhere, you know, those villages and things. He tapped me on, on my shoulders. And so I, I thought somebody had, was in the car, you know. So I looked and I said, I was sitting at the back, but he tapped me. You know what I'm talking about. So I opened my eyes. Then I knew that he wanted to tell me something. And he said, son, look out of the window. It was just a conversation. And the car was going, I mean. And then as... You know all those villages, you see the cemeteries and things and that. And so I, it's, it's like the cemeteries that he was showing me. And I was saying to myself, God, but... What? And he said, the best of families are the ones who have been buried here prematurely. My friend, when we, when you, when we are fasting, you eat. <laughs> and when we are praying, you play. I don't know about you, but some of us come from some places, my friend. Even when there's no fasting, we fast. Because of what is waiting for us. <laughs> you look at me. Are your, are your people okay? I don't like the way they are looking at me. I'm a shy man. I don't like that. So, some of you, you know what I'm talking about. There are some lines in your family that nobody crossed. And you are joking. <laughs> he said that the best of families are the ones that have been buried. All the other ones apart from that, I'm not telling you. Assume you all know. But I'm not going to tell you that one. But listen, let me, ladies and gentlemen, and that is exactly what this man, they wanted to do with him. That the best of his family, but it's not going to happen. I said, it is not going to happen. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I am terminating the assignment 
of stroke against you. Absolutely and totally. In the name of the Lord Jesus. They had planned it for the 13th, but it is not going to happen. I said it is not going to happen. I return it to sender in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I declare you are free. We hide you under the canopy of God's protection. Let the angel of God's mercy superintend over your affairs. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Be released from the hand of the enemy. The snare is broken today once and for all. Your ears will hear that fire for fire, blood for blood, has God recompensed against your enemy. So I have declared. And the Lord says that, listen, don't stop doing good. Don't stop doing good. Sometimes we feel like, what is the point? But he says that there's a reason why he said that we should not be weary in well-doing. Because he knows that sometimes when we are doing well, we will be weary. But we will reap in due season. If you think that your due season has come, it hasn't even started. It is about to start. And when it starts, it will be a flood over you. So much that you wonder that, what did I work for God to do this for me? So I have declared it over you. And so it remains. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Now please be seated. We'll come back. Let's see if we can teach a little bit. Let's see if we can teach a little bit. Amen and amen. This is our year of God. I, I love that. Our year of God. And you know, as I thought about this, these meetings, I said, Lord, I, I, I really, I really, really, really want us to have an encounter with the God of heaven. Because I think this, this is the first time personally I've even seen a word declared that this is a year of God. You know, for others, a year of supernatural, extra, you know all those things, a year of super... Anybody knows what I'm talking about? You, you know, one of the things I really love is, is the 31st night things. Because I like to read billboards. It's part of my entertainment. I, I just love it. Cross over, jump over, sleep over, walk over, you know, somersault over. You know, I, I love those things. That, that's how I find my... Listen, you must be able to entertain yourself. <laughs> if you're waiting for somebody to entertain you, to help you, just entertain. For me, sometimes I just walk about and I start laughing. One time I was in an elevator, prophet. I was in... A, I'm, I'm going to teach. I was in an elevator. And I was happy. There was all these white guys around, you know. You know elevators, people qu get, get quiet. Yeah, because it's a small space. So, so I started laughing. Then this man was just staring at me like, then he mustered the guy and said, but why are you so happy? Why are you laughing at? And I started laughing. I said, you really want to know? He said, sure. I said, because I haven't lived today before. This is the first day I'm living today, so I'm very happy. He looked at me like, huh? I said, you heard me and didn't like it. This is my first day. So sometimes I wake up in the morning and I start laughing. How many of you have lived today before? You have never lived today before. So if this is the day that the Lord has made. But I want us to have an encounter with God. Because I have worked with this God and I've studied after this God. And I've have, realized that there's not a man, there's not a woman who ever encountered this God that we are talking about. I'm talking about the possessor of the heavens and the earth. There's nobody who encountered this God and became the same. And that is what I am believing God for you on this your death in the year. And in the year of God, that if you have never had an encounter with God, you have an encounter that will change your life forever and forever. Am I talking to somebody? I think about a man who 
had access into the palace because he was related to the king. Even though he carried the ministry, even though he carried the calling, he was not, he was not doing his calling because he had access because a man was alive. But my Bible says that in the year that King Uzziah died, that is the day that Isaiah went into the temple and he had an encounter with the Most High God. Sometimes something has to die in order for you to walk into some things. I don't know about you, but this year I believe that God is going to allow some things to die in your life so that you can see the resurrected. Am I talking to somebody? There are some relationships that must die. There are some old things that must die. There are some businesses that must die because except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But after it is dead, it brings forth fruit. The Lord said to Joshua, after the death of Moses, that Moses, my servant, is dead. Now arise and get up. I don't know who I'm talking to, but maybe I'm talking to a pastor. You lost your church. You lost everything and you are despondent and you are discouraged. God says for me to tell you, get up one more time because the thing that died was inaugurating something. Our God is a God of exits and our God is a God of entrances. He took us out in order to bring us in. So today I am prophesying over somebody that whatever he has brought you out of, he is taking you to another thing. The man that walked out on you is to inaugurate you to walk for somebody else to walk into your life. The thing that they took from your hand is an inauguration of what they are going to put into your hands. Am I talking to somebody? Whatever you have lost in the years ahead, God says for me to prophesy over you that you are going to gain those things back again. In the year that King Uzzah died, I saw the Lord. And you realize that pastor, prophet from chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, Isaiah was preaching hard message. What to you? What to you? What to you? What to you? But he said in the year that King Uzzah died, I saw the Lord. And when God inaugurated or God introduced Isaiah to himself, his first words were, woe is me. Ladies and gentlemen, when you have an encounter with God, something about you must change. The reason why some of you are arrogant, the reason why some of you are the way you are, is because you haven't encountered God. Listen, somebody said that the person that knows God can be humble, and the person that knows themselves cannot be proud. I pray that this year you walk in some humility that nobody will be able to explain you away. You are going to walk in some humility that will disarm your enemies. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Isaiah was prophesied man of God. And yet could it be that he was prophesied without a call? Because when the voice went on and said, whom shall I send? He said, I am ready. I pray that this year you will encounter God like never before. Am I talking to somebody? Because listen, if there's anything that you must pursue this year, your pursuance must not be after things, you must pursue after God. Because when you chase after God, things will chase after you. Oh, you didn't hear me at all. I said, when you chase after God, things will chase after you. Since this is our 13th year, I want to... Did you say Bishop Ademesa spoke something from 13? I'm also going to do 13 too. So let's go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. And I'm going to teach a little bit. Then um, we're going to let you. 13th anniversary. Because I really, 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 really want you to know God. I want you to face God. Before you Facebook, please face God. <laughs> Before you Facebook, please face God. I want, to, I want to really, really push you. Amen. I said I came to push you. And I'm going to push you into greater things. Did, did you ever hear of the story about the, the rich man who wanted some guys to, somebody to marry his daughter? In a particular village, there was a very rich man. And uh, her, her, his daughter was 
at that age where he really wanted her to marry. So he put an announcement in the village and he said that, I, I want an eligible bachelor to marry my daughter. And if you marry my daughter, you're going to inherit all these millions, all my businesses and everything. So on such and such a day, I want everybody who wants to marry my daughter, who is eligible, show up on my estate. And that morning, about 20 young men, they all showed up. And the man said, well, there's going to be a challenge. And the one who is able to pass that challenge is the one who will marry my daughter. The guy said, sure, bring it on. So he took all of them to a pond that was full of crocodiles. <laughs> and he said, the person that can swim across this pond without being eaten by the crocodile, you have my daughter. The place went very quiet. Then all of a sudden, the man fell into the water and started, I mean, he started, he started swimming. He, and the cro crocs were chasing the guy. Chased. In the end, he got to the end. And people were clapping. People were celebrating. How did you do that? How did you do that? And the man said, I don't care how I did it. All I want to know is that who pushed me into the thing. <laughs> so tonight, I've come to push you into the thing. I said, I've come to push you into the thing. So that you either swim or you'll be eaten by the, by the crocs of life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, Luke chapter 13. We're going to see some, something from verse number 6 to verse number 9. Luke chapter number 13. I want to teach a little bit, then we'll pray. Then tomorrow, I have some 13 declarations that I'm going to work with. I said 13 declarations over your head. And none of them will fall to the ground in vain. The book says that he also, that he is Jesus. He also spoke a parable, this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. Note it carefully. He came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years, I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he said, he answered and said, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and I fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, if not, after that, you can cut it down. Father, let your word permeate our heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Jesus... The master is teaching a master class. And he, the Bible says that he told them a parable. Somebody say parable. parable. Say like you mean it. Parable. One more time. Parable. You know, many times, one of my greatest, my greatest worries is sometimes about our charismatic church. We don't take our time to study. One time I told somebody it may not be a scientific study, but I said... There are too many people, too many preachers and things, but not too many teaching priests in the body of Christ today. I was saying that to Bishop Aloti. I said, there are not a lot of teachers, teaching priests. And he said, why do you think it's so? And I said, because teaching is hard. You have to study. You have to get into things. You, you get my point? It's not the one that you just go into Susu Yasi and come back, you know? You, you. <laughs> And as for Susan, we are when we are going, you have to, even your voice must be different. I mean, before we come back, you know, we, but you know, this, <laughs> why do people do that, prophet? I was watching one, and I didn't, I've never heard, I had never heard about that Susan thing. I still don't know. Anybody been there before? You have a visa to Susan Yasi? 
you know, and the things that they see, they soon soon realize, you know. But the master was teaching, like I'm trying to do today. And the Bible says that he used something called a parable. A parable. And if you watch Jesus through the Gospels, you realize that he taught a lot using parables. Parable in the Greek is parabole. It is not a true story. But it is a story that is taken out of maybe natural occurrences, things that happen, human, human things, in order to illustrate a deep spiritual truth. So he would tell a story. In fact, the word parabola in the Greek means a, a throwing alongside. That is, I am telling a story to illustrate the truth that I want to teach you. Am I talking to somebody? And the parables were told in order to make people think. Parables are told to make people think. Sometimes I pray that you take your time and say, this man, I want to study the parables of Jesus. Only God knows the things that you begin to discover for yourself. It's, it's just amazing how the man would tell a simple story and sit back and let people begin to think. In fact, when Jesus came and talked about the parable of the sower, that was the first parable that he told. And when the disciples told him that, Master, we don't get it, he said, if you don't get this parable, you'll never get any other because this parable has to do with the efficacy and the power of the word of God. And that the problem is not with the seed, the problem is with the soul that received it. That is why two people can come to church. Once here, they, they, both of them hear the same message. One gets blessed and the other is offended. Why? It's the state of your heart. And that is why when you are coming to church, you must prepare your heart and say, Lord, my heart is prepared. So the authority of your word on the inside of me. Because the same sun that melts the wax is the same sun that hardens the clay. Your heart must be ready, ladies and gentlemen, for the word of God to melt your heart so that you can receive the authority. And Jesus began to tell this parable and he said, a certain man planted a fig tree in, a, in his vineyard and he went there three years looking for fruit. There was no fruit. And at the end he said to the keeper of the vineyard, cut it down. Why is he using the ground? And I'll pick up some few things with you today. And the man began to plead and say, can you, can you leave it again? On this our third year, can you leave it again and let's do something with it? And if it brings forth fruit, that is fine. And if not, then you can cut it down. There are four players that I want to quickly talk about in this. Number one, he says that a certain man, somebody say a certain man. Say like you mean it. Say like you didn't borrow your mouth. He said, and a certain man, you see, when you look at it carefully, prophet, I realize that a certain man is God the creator. He is God our father. A certain man. And the second thing is that he planted a fig tree. That fig tree is you and I. He has planted you and I here, right here on earth. He has planted a fig tree right here. And he said he planted it in his garden. The garden is the earth. You and I have been planted here or wherever it is for a reason and for a purpose. The Bible says that the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth has he given to the sons of men. I'm building a little case. I'm going to open your eyes to something. And then the fourth one is the vine keeper, the vine, the vine keeper who made intercession. For me, it is Jesus Christ. So the Father, Jesus Christ, you, and then the earth, the vineyard. Now let's look at this. The Bible says that the man planted a tree in his vineyard. And today I really want to, I really want to address you to help you to understand that church going is not, or becoming a Christian or belonging to a church is not just showing up because of what you can get. But because of who you will become. God is more interested in who you become than what you get. Never forget that. God giving you things is not a problem. 
Are you able to handle the things? Sometimes when we say, I, I, I want to be a millionaire, then you jump up. I want to be there. Are you ready? Have you been a thousand year yet? Because there are some, if God gave you a million dollars today to destroy you, you are saying, let him try me. He won't try you. Because it could, it could easily dis- destroy you. Haven't you realized that there are people that they get, quote unquote, a little blessing, they become arrogant? No, don't look at anybody. You know what I'm, you, you know what I'm talking about? They marry and all of a sudden, you know, their hands if you can't go and I say, these days, uh, you know, you, you, you know how, how, how they are. They, it's like some, some of them walk with their, with their shoulders like it has a permanent coat hanger in their coat. You know, they can't put it down. One time somebody told me, Pastor, since this guy got ma- ma- money, he has become proud. And I said, money does not make anybody proud. Money will never make you proud. Money only exposes what poverty had kept quiet. Prof, I hope I'm not troubling your people. Money only exposes what poverty. Some of you, you are very, you are very arrogant, but because of poverty, you are quiet. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I realized it's prophesied. So if I prophesy, it may, it may happen, happen and you will like it. It will happen and you will like it. So I won't say that. <laughs> when I keep quiet, the things that are running through my hand, I'm voting against a whole lot of things. But I, I hope I'm, I'm helping somebody. I said, no, 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 money doesn't. Money only exposes what poverty kept quiet. Because I know there are some of you, when God blesses you, we can't even get room to breathe. You have to ration breath for us. You take two days breath and die. You take three minutes breath and you begin to superintend over everything. That is why sometimes God has to keep you from some things. You know why? Sometimes when God is keeping some things from you, it's not because God is wicked. It's only that God wants to save you from yourself. The Bible says that a certain man he planted a tree in his vineyard. And please hear me. Open heaven's temple. God planted you where he has planted you for a reason and for a purpose. Wherever you find yourself, open heavens, is this is the place of your promise. Is the place of your flourishing. Is the environment. Please understand that God places people at places for a reason and for a purpose. Maybe you were chasing somebody or somebody brought you here by accident or you needed a church and you just walked in. But never forget this, that beyond every step that you take, that God has a divine, a divine purpose. Sometimes it is even running away from trouble that you go and bump into your breakthrough. I think about a man called Jacob. Once upon a time he lied to his brother. He swindled his brother out of his blessing and the brother wanted to kill him and the man was running away from the wrath of his brother and the Bible says that at night he was alone he had no money, he was angry, he was hungry, he was afraid, he was frustrated he was so poor that he couldn't afford a hotel, in fact his hotel was under the open skies and his pillow was a stone but that night when Jacob was lying there with his head on the stone, the Bible says that the heavens were opened and he saw a ladder and angels were ascending and descending, note it the angels were not descending, they were ascending which means in the midst of where he was in that austere place there was still angelic activity if you know that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death he is still with you and the angel of the Lord that comes around those that fear him then you will not be afraid of anything let me tell you many times the reason why you didn't die and the reason why the enemy didn't take you is because God has detailed his angels over you even when you made bad mistakes that the enemy could have used the hand of the Lord stopped it because of the covenant it was at that place that angelic activity was known and 
man of God, that was the first time in the Old Testament that a human being bumped into the church of the New Testament. Because Jacob, even though he was running away from human error, listen, sometimes the purposes of God are planted in human error. The man was running because he was a bad guy. He had done a number on his family, but he bumped into the church and he said, surely the presence of the Lord is here and I didn't know it. This is the house of the Lord. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, God plants you here for a reason and for a purpose. You may be a member of this church. Maybe you are offended. You don't understand why this and that and that and that. But let me tell you something. The place of your planting is the place of your promise. And the blessings of God are place specific. You don't have to have a perfect environment. I'm here to make an announcement that Adam and Eve, they lived in the most perfect environment and yet they became a mess. You must be able to be somebody that can walk even into hell and live comfortably and come back. Hear me, God has planted you here for a reason and for a purpose. I remember the other day, man of God, I left home in the morning. You know, I told you that Atlanta, last two weeks and things, very, very cold. Very, very cold. Then I had a bottle of water, you know, and I, and, and I put a bottle of water at the back seat for my son. My son was driving and somebody gave me the water and I left it in my car and then we went home. The next day in my garage, when I came back, the water had turned into ice. Why? Because of the environment. It's the same water. If, the, if I bring the water indoors, the environment will turn it back into liquid. I am telling you that your environment matters. God has planted you here for a reason and for a purpose. Don't let any gossip run you out of the church. Don't let any offense run you out of the church. Don't let anybody get you out of the ministry that you are involved in because chances are that God has planted you here for a reason and for a purpose. The apostle Paul, the greatest example for Jesus that Christianity ever produced. He put his pen to parchment right into the Corinthians and he said that we know that God has set each and every one of us in the body as it pleases. Which means, ladies and gentlemen, all of us belong to one body. We may not be friends. We may not be going to parties together, but we are still members of the same body. It doesn't matter what anybody does. Make an announcement that this is where God has planted me and this is where I'm going to be. Do you know that there's a place called you're there and open heavens is you're there. Don't make any plans to go to the other church because if you go to the other church, if that church is as good as this one, you will face the same problems. Many times the problem is not the place, the problem is you. The man planted. So listen, 13 years. You don't have to be moving all over the place. Stay here and flourish. Stay here and blossom. Stay here and make things work. Don't be a professional church hopper. I call them holy mosquitoes. Go and drink from everywhere and they come and give you spiritual malaria. No, stay. This is a good place for you, my friend. Stay here. Thank you for the one amen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, okay. Thank you for that one too. <laughs> Are you learning something? The man planted in his vineyard. Man of God. He planted us here for a reason and for a purpose. That's all. Know where he has planted you. He said to the prophet Elijah that, listen, there's famine all over the place, but he put him at the brook of Cherith and he commanded ravens to feed him there. And when the brook ran out, he said, go to Zarephath, for I have commanded the widow to sustain you there. You're there. If Elijah had become so spiritual, he said, I don't like my there. He said, I should go there, but how can ravens feed me? The man would have starved to die. So know you're there. Plant. 
Whether you are in the choir, you are playing, you are, you are ushering, what, don't let anybody run you out. One time I had to tell some leaders in my church that even me, I fight for my job. Even me. I, they, they, listen, there are days I don't feel like going to church. Because I don't, sometimes I don't like church people. How many of you have done church with church people before? Oh, don't, don't, don't look at anybody la. And how many of you, sometimes you want them, you want to kill them and tell God they died themselves. And anybody? <laughs> One time, my, my, my last son and I, you know, we, we went to, oh, do I even have to give this thing? <laughs> we, we went to have fun, normally like on some Mondays. We went to the shooting range and... <laughs> I mean, we were just firing the thing. Bah, 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 bah. And I remember one time my son said, Dad, today you were in your element. You were firing. I said, Yeah, I was thinking about some people, man. Just firing the thing. <laughs> uh, who, who, who hosts me forever in your home? Because I'm sure some of them are watching me. Oh, man, that day I was firing. Man, I was firing. I was, he said, Dad, man, today, I mean, the way you were firing. I said, Yeah. I had some names in my head. And I, I went to church on Sunday and they were there. So fight for your thing. Am I talking to somebody? Fight for your thing. Jesus heals a blind man. And he tells the blind man, go to the pool of Siloam. Siloam in the Greek means sent. So he sent him to sent. And he said, go. That's the only time Jesus did that miracle. Where he took death and saliva. DNA, I'm putting my DNA on you and go and wash. What he's saying is that after I get you born again, there's a place that I want to send you to so that your eyes will open. Look at some of the decisions you are making until you came to open heavens. Look at some of the things that you used to sleep with, some of the things that you used to sleep with. Don't look at him. Look at some of the... That you used to... Until your eyes were open and you want somebody to move you out? No. This is your planting. This is your planting. I, I, want, I want to talk to us as, you, you see today, I'm not just going to preach for you to jump all over the place. I want to talk to you. You know, he was strategic. That is why he brought people with us. I've been preaching for 41 years of my life. 41 years. And you're asking, how old is he? I started preaching when I was two years old. I've been preaching for 41 years. So I've, I've, I'm not going to say I've seen all, but man of God, I've seen some. I've seen some. So when I say stay, stay. This is your planting. Am I talking to somebody? You are the one to make open heavens, open heavens. Love your church. Love it. The man planted in his vineyard. And then the second thing I want to say is that he came year after year expecting fruit, which means God expects you to be fruitful. After 13 years, there must be something to show. 13 years, three years. The Bible says that he came year after year after year and after year. What we see? Nothing to show for. Maybe that may describe somebody today. It's like year after year. You start January 1st. We go through, uh, it's a fresh start. We go through this. Then we go to greater works. And we do this. And we look at your life and you're wondering what is wrong with me. Sometimes it almost feels like you are worse than last year. I mean, you are a Christian. You, you are a Christianette. You are a Christian. I mean, you speak in King James. When people say, how are you, sir? I be well. You know that kind of... And sometimes you wonder, what is wrong with me? 
And sometimes people, life happens. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. You are at that, at that place where you feel like quitting. But listen, don't quit yet until we finish. Then you understand where we are going with this thing. But sometimes life happens. Nothing to show. We have all kinds of isms. Capitalism, socialism, all kinds, but yours is standstillism. It almost feels like you are retrogressing and you are asking people in your neighborhood or your family, they look at you and say, you are, you are even better when you didn't know Jesus. Sometimes they tell us that. And you wonder, what kind of advertisement am I for Jesus Christ? And it happens, nothing to show. But I've come to prophesy over somebody's head that on this 13th year, it is over. I said, it is over. Oh, is somebody here? I said, it is over. On this 13 year, I prophesy in the name of the Lord Jesus that you shall not be unfruitful anymore. You will begin to bear fruit in the name of the Lord Jesus. All of our financial fruit, maturity fruit, business fruit, life fruit, promotion fruit, whatever it is, you are going to flourish in the house of the Lord forever and forever and forever. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen, when the master came and he said, three years, I found nothing. All he said, he said, cut it down. Cut it down. Listen, there are consequences in not bearing fruit. Mercifully today, God doesn't cut us down. God doesn't kill us. But you understand what I'm talking about. You remember the parable of the talents? Anybody remember that? I, I, I thought about that. I, I thought about that, the, the, the parable, and, and about those three guys. Who are the, and the one, the, the one talent guy, please never be him. The Bible says that when he took the talent, he put it in a handkerchief and he hid a sweat cloth. He doesn't want to sweat. And when the man came, he started talking nonsense to the man. And Jesus said, the man said, take the one, the little he has, and give it to the one, the, the, the one who has more. Then I realized that, I was he talking about Ghanaians? Because poor people are always insulting rich people. Don't look at me like that. The things I can say here, Please give me a nice face. You think my father named me Frank for no reason? Man of God, some years back, some years back, my dad used to drive me all over Ghana. And <laughs> one day I was in his car, Ring Road, Accra, Ring Road. I've forgotten what we were going to, Ring Road. And people were protesting. There was, there was, there was an outfit, is it liquid or something? There was a, I don't know if it's still there. Yeah, long time ago before the white man came preaching, you know. And I was sitting there, people, I think the workers were angry and they were protesting. They were protesting. They had all these palm branches and things. They're hitting cars. And we sat in the car, sat in the quiet, car quietly. And after they demonstrated, made all the noise and they left. And my dad moved the car. He asked me, what did you observe? My dad will always ask me. What did, and I said, protesters. He said, what did you see with them? And... When he asks me questions like that, I, I, I just keep quiet. Because I know he will volunteer information. I owe the information on demand. So, he said, did you notice any one of them in suits? I said, no, sir. He said, did you see any of them in good shoes? I said, no, sir. He said, why? He said, son, let me tell you, there are two groups of people in the world. Those who protest and those who are protested against. Choose one. So there are people who always protest against people who are broken through. Be the one that people protest against you. 
Let them call you names. Let them tell, tell, tell the, the neighborhood that we don't know the job she does. We don't know the job he does. And yet look at how, how they say they have been blessed. All of a sudden she's driving. All of a sudden she's been, listen, if your enemy can explain you without lying, you are too ordinary. I pray in, oh, I like that. I say if they can explain you without lying, they are too ordinary. May they look at you and wonder that how could it be so? The, the venerable bishop preached about Isaac the other day and he said that the man became so prosperous that the Philistines envied him. Instead of you envying some people, let some people envy you because the blessing of God is upon you. When they move you out of a place, carry your blessing and go and dig another well. When they stop everything, carry your blessing and go and dig. An, am I talking to somebody? Listen, everywhere that I go, I carry the blessing of the Lord with me. You can pick me up today and go and plant me in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Give me a few months, give me a few years. The desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose because it is not what I left behind that matters. It is what I take with me that matters. The covenant of God is with me and the wisdom of God is with me. You can place me everywhere and give me time. In a matter of time, I'll turn that place around. Stop complaining about your environment and change your environment. Stop being a thermometer and become a thermostat. You see, a thermometer only goes up and down based on the outside circumstance but it is a thermometer that sets the circumstance. That is why I walk into the city of Atlanta knowing nobody, only a pregnant wife and just me and yet God Almighty did amazing things with me. God can do something with you this year. Listen to me ladies and gentlemen, God expects you to bring forth fruit. He said why? And I'll, uh, something that he said that, that blew my heart, my mind, man of God. He said why must it use up the ground? Why must it use up the ground? Listen to me. You are not placed here on earth just to use the ground. You are not placed here just to milk the system and give nothing back. In fact, you are not born to occupy space on earth and die and go and occupy space underneath. If you do that, you have troubled all of us. Do you know what you have? Do you know your potential? Do you know what is on the inside of you? Let me tell you something. You are worth more than people see. Oh, am I talking to some? I said, you are worth more than people say. He said, Pastor, but I went through. It doesn't matter. You may have done what they said you did, but you are not who they say you are. You are a possibility with a capital P. You are a bottle of potential. When God was creating, he only, he, he only had to speak. But when he was redeeming, he had to bleed. That is how important you are. There's no amount of any scientific data that can truly determine who you are. Do you know that there are almost 8 billion people of us on this earth? But amazing thing is that no two people have the same fingerprint. It tells me that when something is mass produced, it is not very expensive. But when it's custom made, it's very expensive. You are sitting next to somebody who is only one of a kind. Listen, you can go as far back as possible into annals of human history. You will never discover another you. You are one of a kind. Nobody has your fingerprint. Nobody has your retina scan. Nobody has your DNA. Even identical twins are separated by DNA. That is who you are. And so when you walk into a place, stop walking more and more and begin to walk with a swag. Walk into the place it doesn't matter whether you have money or you don't have money the most high God is with you walk with some confidence straighten your weave and extend your eyelashes and square your shoulders and walk into the place because people will treat you the way you treat yourself, am I talking to somebody you are not a beggar, you are not a borrower you are the child of the most high God how dare you say that God hasn't done anything for you, walk into that place and let people suspect that you, listen some of you are going to be so prosperous this 13 year that people will suspect that you are selling something illegal Did you hear what I just said? 
I said you are going to prosper so much that people begin to suspect that you are selling something illegal because they saw you when you were going through your trouble. They saw you when that man walked away from you. They saw you when everything was lost. They saw you when you were struggling. But what they didn't realize that at the left hand of God, he was doing something in your life. At the left hand of God, he was turning some things around. My sister, take a handkerchief and wipe your tears and stand tall because you never know what God will do. And let me tell you something. If you know what God will do, you will wipe, you will wipe your tears today. The great prophet said that rejoice O Israel and be glad for the Lord will do amazing things. I'm prophesying over somebody and online I'm prophesying that God will do amazing things. Tomorrow will not be like any yesterday that you have been through. They saw all your troubles but they never saw your breakthroughs. They saw everything but listen at the backside of every success uh, there's a story of pain and your pain is preparing you for your gain. God is up to something. God hasn't finished with you yet. So long as there's breath in your nostrils and there's a heartbeat in your chest there's bread there's hope for you get up my friend get up put on your makeup and begin to smile because god will never let you down am i talking to somebody in the house today why must he use up the ground and listen to what the, the fire keeper said he said let it alone for this 13th year this year i want to do something let, let in, in effect I told you that that man is Jesus Christ, man of God. That man is Jesus Christ and he's petitioning the father that give them one more chance. Give them one more chance. Let me tell you something. Jesus is totally committed to another chance for you. I used to preach and say he's the God of, he's the, God of the second chance until he corrected me that if I gave you a second chance, then there's no third chance. But I'm the God of another chance. Listen to me. I don't know about somebody. We all come to church. We are hypocrites and we are sitting on the knife edge of insanity because of all the things that have happened and we think God has forgotten about us. Let me tell you, he will give you another chance. The Bible says that Jesus, he ever lives and is at the right hand side of the Father making intercession for you and I. Whatever you have been through, God Almighty, his son is making intercession that God give him another chance this 13th year give her another chance in spite of everything the mess give her another chance because he can take you and make something good come out of you when people have rejected you I'll make good something good he said to the prophet that go to the potter's house and I'll go out and let you see go and hear some things and when he took him there was a there was a project that was destroyed did he throw it away no he said he made it again according to his specification let me tell you today somebody must break out of this thing that you are in you are under a heavy burden because of all the things that you have done. You are afraid. You are ashamed. Today, wipe that tears from your eyes and stand up again. For who is it that condemns? It is God that justifies. It doesn't matter what you have done. God Almighty sent the son from the pristine beauties of heaven to give you another chance. I think about a man called Cain. Cain was angry because his brother's offering was accepted. And the Lord said to Cain that why is your face like this? Listen, go and do it well and bring it and I'll accept it. But if you don't do it, then there's sin at your door. It, is, it means, ladies and gentlemen, that at every given time, God is encouraging you that there's another chance for you. Listen, don't let it run away. He will do something. I think about a man, prophet. That man said to Jesus, see, his mouth was writing checks that his heart wouldn't cash. He said to the Lord Jesus, that, listen, these people will run away from you, but as for me, I'm going all the way with you. Jesus looked at Simon Peter and said, Simon, you don't know what you're talking about. There was a, requ a requisition written the other day that Satan wanted to have you and save you as sweet. I'm talking about Peter was very close to Jesus. Let me tell you, proximity to Jesus will not exempt you from satanic attacks. Peter was with Jesus and yet there was a bull's eye at his back. And Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith doesn't fail.
prevail. Jesus didn't say, I pray for you that it doesn't happen. Because there are some things you have to go through to go to. Did you hear me? I said, you have to go through to go to. There are some things you have to go through. He will not, he will not deliver you from the fire, but he will deliver you in the fire. Oh my God, I'm liking this. Does somebody hear me? I said there are some fires that you may not deliver you from, but he will deliver you in the fire. Why do I say that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? My Bible says that they were put in the fire. And right there in the fire, the king saw the greatest revelation of the Son of God that anybody had in the Old Testament. He said, hey guys, it looks like I'm, I'm, I'm losing something here. Were there not three guys that we put in the fire? The people said yes. But he said, but I see a fourth man and he's like the Son of God. He saw Jesus before Jesus. And the Bible says that he sent for them to come out and when Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were coming out of the furnace man of God the fourth man didn't come out he stayed there why because he knows that in 2024 there may be some people that people will put you in the fire and so he's waiting for you right there in the fire so that you will not burn let them plant their fire but it will not take you let them plant their thing it will not take you let them record you and use it it will not pretend you let them put you on social media and throw shade at you it will never happen you are coming back in style they told everybody you are not good and yet you are the one that people show favor. They tell you that you are a bad woman and yet you are the one that men want to marry. That is the favor of God. Am I talking to somebody? Am I talking to somebody in the house? Simon Peter, ladies and gentlemen, he missed it and he lost it. And that day, when that little girl said to him, you look like a Galilean. He said, I'm not one of them. He said, you even speak like one. He said, me, me not come from Galilee, me come from far away Jamaica. He turned away and yet, ladies and gentlemen, the cock crowed and Jesus looked at him. And that day, Simon Peter was shamed. Shame married him. He found himself in the basement of disillusionment. He didn't even want to follow Jesus anymore. And yet, he said, I go a fishing. And it was there that Jesus showed him himself again and says, Simon Peter, I got your back. I got your back. I got your back. I'm going to make you the head of my church and you are going to preach one day and 3,000 people will come to me. You are going to preach and one day, 5,000 will come to me. You are going to be the leader of my church and if God can do that for Simon Peter, then surely he can give you another chance. Why are you sitting in shame? Today, get up in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm prophesying joy. Your song is coming back to you. Your prayer life is coming back to you. Your wisdom is coming back to you. Your swag is coming back to you. He's giving you another chance. He said, give him another chance. Let me tell you, he is the God of another chance. Man of God, I think about a man who carried the call of God upon his life. In fact, he was born to fulfill prophecy. But Samson walked too close to the things that he was not supposed to do. And my Bible says that one day, Samson, he fell on the lap of a wrong woman. And he had the most expensive haircut in history. They took off his hair. Instead of this man being a deliverer, they put him in the house and they began to shame him. He lost his eyesight, his vision. He lost the strength of his covenant, his hair. He lost everything. Instead of being a warrior, he became a comedian. They were laughing at him. But in Judges chapter 16 and verse number 22, the Bible says that but Samson's hair began to grow again. I don't know about somebody, but your hair is beginning to grow again. I say your hair is beginning to grow again. I said your hair is beginning to grow again. Every day that Samson has placed his hand on his head, he knew that it was coming back. Can you look at somebody and tell the person it's coming back? I'm here to tell some. Come on, tell somebody that it is coming back. It is coming back. It is coming back. It is coming back. Your favor is coming back. Your breakthrough is coming back. The anointing is coming back. The glory is coming back. The favor is coming back. The joy is coming back. The joy, the health is coming back. Whatever they took from you is coming back. You made a mistake. Pastor, he's the only one who is already 
record that he said that even your wasted years I will restore. He said I will take your wasted years like it is mine and I will restore everything that has been taken. I prophesy over you on this day that it is coming back to you and something's hair began to grow again and in verse number 28 the Bible says that something prayed a prayer and said remember this one more time I am praying for somebody today that may the Lord remember you one more time may the Lord remember you one more time I said may the Lord remember you one more time and you know something Samson's last day became his greatest day let me tell you I don't care how what your age is you may be 16 or 46 or 96 it is not over until God says it's over God will give you another chance you will come back in style you will go back to the same place where they shamed you and go and show yourself pastor I like a statement in the gospel of John the Bible says and Jesus showed himself again to his disciples why is it important because a few days before they saw him on the cross he was naked he was broken everything that he said didn't come to pass they thought it was all over so they all went back to fishing and the Bible said that Jesus showed himself again why he was going to show them that some few days ago you thought it was all over but I'm still here again after prophesy 2024 you are going to dress up and go to a party that they didn't invite you and tell them that I am still here. You are going to walk in that neighborhood that they shamed you and tell them that I am still here. Go to that place, put on your makeup, extend your eyelashes, put on your mascara and ladies and gentlemen, wear your best shoes and go and show your family members those witches and wizards that have troubled you that you thought it was all over but I am still here. You know why I didn't die last year? Because I have purpose. Do you know why all your arrows didn't take me? Because God has something for me. The day God doesn't need me here, he will take me home. But so long as I'm here, I am walking in dominion. I said I am walking in dominion because the God of heaven is my... Oh, come on, somebody put your hands together and bless the Lord. Oh my. Oh my. He said, give him another chance for this year. Now, do you notice that Pastor Sammy, he didn't say last year. He didn't say next year. He said this year, this year, 2024. This is specific for open heaven, 2024. I'm not talking about all of last year with all your pain, your disillusionment, with all your trouble, the disappointments, and this. No. <coughs> it is not next year with all the unknowns. I am prophesying 2024 over you. I said I am prophesying 2024 over you. Have you heard the scripture that says that when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, may God turn again your captivity. I said, may God turn again your captivity. Did you see that? He said, when the Lord turned again, turn again, may the Lord turn it around for you. After all the disappointment, listen, God can compress time. He said, but I'm getting old. I'm getting old. What if he gives you triplets? Triplets. He said, I, I need three children. And should have taken me 12 years. What about if he uses nine months to give you three? May God Almighty surprise somebody in this house. For what is impossible with men is possible with God. May the Lord surprise somebody in this house. Am I talking to somebody? May the Lord surprise, may the Lord make you laugh and dance and not care. Can, can, can you give me Hosea chapter 2, verse 14? It just came, Hosea, Hosea, Hosea chapter 2 verse 40. Look at, look at something that God does. Man of God, he says, therefore, anytime you see the word therefore, ask yourself, what is the therefore, therefore? But that's another teaching matter. He says, behold, behold is a very powerful word. That is, stop and take notice. And people are going to stop and take notice. 
I said, people are going to stop and take notice. Yeah. I, I remember on my wedding day, early morning, that time I had grown a beard many years ago, almost 42 years ago. I married that 11 months. And, <laughs> man of God, family members had come from Ashanti region, Japan, whatever, and they were going to church. And I was chasing the photographer. I was in shorts and a t-shirt with my beard. And when I walked past them, I could hear someone, ah, is that not Eva's son? Is that the one's wedding we are going to? I pretend I had a head. <laughs> Me, I was, I was, I was, how many of you have seen a woman whose waters are broken? She's in, going to the labor ward and she's looking for makeup. <laughs> huh? When you are in war, my friend, we, no, 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 no. I was chasing the guy. And I found him, and I had to rush home and go and shave, wear my suit. And when I, they, they look like, is it not the one that we just walked past? That is exactly what is going to happen to you. I said, that is exactly, oh my God. I am prophesying. I am planting heaven on earth in you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Now let me begin to finish. Let me begin to finish. I didn't say I finished. I said, let me begin to finish. Yeah. This year. Somebody say this year. This year. Say this year. Maybe, maybe you were tired last year. Some of you are tired. You've been tired for a while. I know. Sometimes we all get tired. We come to church to pretend. The church is the only hospital sick people go to pretend they are well. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. There are people when you see them in church and you ask them, how are you? Even a blind person knows it's just not well. I'm all right. Everybody's an I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Everybody's an I'm all right. Because, <laughs> oh, you are getting it. Yeah, I'm all right. We are all right. I'm all right. And I'm all right, by the way, in the Hebrew is a proud one. So, yeah, that's what it means, a proud one. I'm all right. I'm all right. Everyone, I'm all right. You, you, are, you know you are not, I'm all right. Yes, I'm all right. I'm all right. And we, we, we've been speaking King James. <laughs> How are that? You know. I, I, is it not annoying? I know, I, do, 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 we, we have voicemails here, voicemail. People have voicemail, not a lot. You know, but where I come from, there's a lot of voicemail. And I tell my church people, stop these religious things. You know, when, praise the Lord. Very annoying. And especially, I tell my people, listen, please be, be yourself, be normal. Okay? You were born in Ochibon Pistol, somewhere, you know? And then you come to America and you try to talk like an American, you know, even God is God, you know? And when you are saying God, maybe the angels are thinking you are calling one of the tribes of Israel. So, <laughs> and you hear some voice praise, praise the Lord. I'm sorry, I cannot take a call right now. But if you leave me a message, that's an Ashanti man right there. Ashanti American right there. Leave me a message. You must as well leave me a massage. Straight, straight, Ashanti American. I can't take your call. I can't come to the front right now, but if you leave me a, mas a message. A, a, a message. I promise you, I will, I will do it. Hey, don't look at me like that. I'm one. I hope, I hope, man of God, I hope we've done okay today. Yeah, this year. Don't you give up. Amen. Don't you give up. Where's my scripture? No. Where's my Hosea? I don't like people doing these things to me. I suspect that there's a principality at the back who is withstanding me. He says that, behold, I will allure her. The word allure 
is one of the strongest Hebrew words for the love that a man uses to chase a woman. You know that love? When a man loves a woman. You know what I'm talking about? You know men? Huh? Don't let me start with you. I'll, I'll have something for you too. It says that when I look, it's like wooing a woman and marrying a woman. After the wedding, what do you do? You go on a honeymoon, isn't it? And God says that when I get you, a honeymoon is in the wilderness. That is why sometimes you, don't, you wonder, at, but what is this? Why? Because it says that it is the wilderness that I will speak comfort to you. Human beings are so designed in such a way that when everything is okay, we don't hear God. How many of you pray more when you are in trouble? I want to see. How many of you pray more when you want? You see? Eh? Some of you will never have come to church. Have you not dreamed that some things were chasing you? Is it because the wilderness, God gets your attention. And he speaks comfortably to you. He says that after that, let's go. After that, give me the next verse if you can. Then he says that after that, I will give you your vineyards from there. It's, uh, the, your breakthrough is always at the other side of your wilderness. You know something, church? Man of God, we have come to that place where we need to let Christians know that there's something called wilderness. We have spoiled ourselves. Nobody's telling us the truth. Listen, every day is not Christmas. That is why people look at some... I tell people, listen, never tell people that I'm a gift. I'm not a gift. I'm a result. Because charismatics, our Christianity is so transactional that we have forgotten about transformational. So we stop. Uh, if I come to church, then God must give me this. God must do this. God must, somebody asked me the other day, so where is God? And I said, he's at the same place he was when you were killing his son. Somebody said, Pastor, I can't believe it. I said, you're a believer. I better believe it. And it's happening. Jesus in Luke 3, 21 was baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came and rested on me. The Father said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, man of God. And the Bible says that the same spirit, Luke 4, drove Jesus into the wilderness. The same spirit. Holy Spirit, not, not Satan. Listen, let me tell you, there are some things that you are rebuking. They won't buke. And I wrote in my notes that when I get to this place, they will look at me quietly. Because they don't like to hear. Somebody has to tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will first make you miserable. Somebody else, what, Pastor, what, what, where did we get to in this type of Christianity? That it looks like God has to apologize to us. Nobody is telling it, especially in conferences like this. The first person to shout amen will become a millionaire. Then you are hitting the rear and you are not even a tenure. <laughs> All the platitudes. Stop that. All this charismatic, what, what God cannot do, that's not exist. And then, listen, there's something that God cannot do and it exists. God cannot sin. Sin exists. God cannot lie. Lies exist. You must think, my friend, use the things between your two ears. It's called your brain. He never told us that be transformed by the removing of your mind. Muslims go to their mosque, they take off their shoes. Why must we come to church and take off our brains? Somebody must tell you the truth that there's something called the wilderness. He strips you of everything to introduce you to you. We want to find out how true is your Christianity. 
want to find out where you can stand at that place between you and the rock and the rock and the high place and say, For I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed into his hands. Who is quoting that today? When will we have a testimony service and you come and testify that I didn't get what I was looking for, but I thank God he didn't give it to me because I know that God is wiser than me. Because let me tell you, if I got what I wanted, maybe that thing could have destroyed me. Who is talking about that? Who is talking about that? It was Dredgeman Bonhoeffer or A.W. Tozer who said that when God calls a man, he bids him to come and die. In ancient times, when a man took his cross and started down the road, he wasn't going to have his life reordered. He was going to have his life ended. If any man will come after me, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. A cross is not something you wear around your neck. It's something you carry on your shoulders. Somebody must tell us the truth. God, 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 God can bless you. I mean, he's a blesser. I, I like, you know, you know, whether he's doing it or not doing it, he's blessing you. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in our time. He's there. So whether he's doing it or not doing it, he's helping you. But can you handle it? I think, I think I'm going to stop. I think I'm going to stop. You can write in your notes to be continued because there's so much I want to give to you because they're digging. Maybe we'll do the digging and the fertilizing. Am I talking to somebody? He said, leave it this year, 13th year. We want to be different. You see, I'm looking, I'm looking at people who are blessed and still humble. People who get a breakthrough and they still come to church and clean. One time I walked, I walked, I walked into our church. And I think you, I think I was telling you. Yes, it was you. And I said, could you look at all these young girls? You remember what I told you? Every one of them was what? I was a doctor. Small, small girls. If I sick, I don't want them to look after me. Small, small girls, they had it. And they, they were cleaning joyfully. Some were practicing. And there are some of you. You, you finish JSS. And you won't let us rest. You, you didn't even let... This year also. This year. This year. Man of God, this year, 2024, in Open Heavens Temple, there must be a complete breakout. I said there must be a complete breakout. He said, leave it alone for this year. I suspect and I know and I feel and I predict from my inside that 2024 will be good for you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And I'm done. This world, you see, you, how many of you were alive in 2020? <laughs> how many of you were alive in 2020? Something is coming. Mark my word. <laughs> but, that, but the people that know their God, I'm going to end it here. You pull it back from this message. <laughs> but the people don't, that know their God, you are the ones that will prosper. Please stand to your feet. I, I, I'll to be continued. I'm done. <laughs>